Welcome to Pebbles of Light. I'm your host, Anne Maxson. Have you ever felt a bit lost during the dark times of life's challenges? I know I have. I'm so grateful for those friends, loved ones, and even strangers that have provided me a pebble of light in the form of understanding and support. They've blessed my life, sometimes even more than they know. Seeing a little bright spot on the path has helped me to move forward when things are difficult. This show is here to celebrate those who add light to our lives. We'll share some of their stories as well as ways in which to light the paths of others. Please come find me on Instagram and Facebook at Pebbles of Light, as well as at ammaxon.com. I love having the opportunity to interact with you and hear about those who've added a pebble of light to your path. Enjoy the show. Hello, welcome back to Pebbles of Light. I'm your host, Anne Maxson. It's been a minute since there's been a new episode, and so I want to thank you for your patience. And we're going to start this episode with a quick word from this week's sponsor. Did you start any new hobbies during the pandemic? Our family started designing t-shirts and other apparel. We made a bunch of different designs focusing on the positive message, see good days. We also did a design called Please Stay that helps raise money for suicide awareness and prevention through automatic donations to the National Suicide Hotline. Check out the link in the show notes to go to the See Good Day shop and watch get 10% off with a discount N and 10. That's N with an E and 10. Why do it again? I want to. You guys, I was going back and forth on what to use for the ad spot for this episode. And I ended up listening to that little ad spot that the boys did so many, well, seemingly so many years ago. And their voices have changed so much since then. And it's just... It's so cute. And we do still have that t-shirt shop open up. So be sure to check the link in the show notes and check out some of the designs that they made. The last episode, which came out a while ago, was a wonderful interview with my friend Beverly Holloway, who has worked as a casting director on many faith-based films and projects, including The Ultimate Gift and the TV show The Chosen. She shared her journey into film and casting and how sometimes life takes you on an unexpected journey. For those that are new here, every episode has a pebble, which is just a little call to action for that episode. And the pebble for the interview with Beverly was to ponder ways that you can more fully live the principles found in the scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, which says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I could do a whole episode just with my thoughts on that scripture. It is one of my absolute favorites. And I hope you've taken time or will take some time to think about what that scripture means to you. Those verses actually tie in really perfectly with this episode's guest as well. Today, I have the pleasure of talking with Natalie Hobbs. Natalie is such a great example of trust and faith. A few years ago, while pregnant with her fourth child, Natalie received the news that her new baby had tested positive for Down syndrome. At the time, she shared a social media post that said, quote, Please keep our little guy in your prayers. We are obviously shocked, but we'll be okay, and believe this to ultimately be a blessing to our little family. We believe that his little life will bless us and change us in ways we could never have foreseen or gained in any other way, end quote. I hope you love the insights that Natalie shares in this episode. I am grateful today to be able to be speaking with Natalie Hobbs. Natalie and I have known each other for a long time, but also haven't seen each other in a <laughs> really long time. That's um, true. It's true. It's probably been, I mean... What? Like 14 years? I don't know how we're old enough for it to have been 14 years since I last saw you. I know. It blows my mind. But yeah, it's, I've been married 13, 14 years. So yeah. Yeah. About, around then. about that time. Mm-hmm. Natalie, I'll let you introduce yourself quick. Sure. Thank you. I'm Natalie. I live in 
uh, Salt Lake City, Utah with my husband, Kyle. We have four kids. The oldest is, oh gosh, 12, then nine, six, and our youngest, Sam, is two and a half. He'll be three in July. We were living in the Bay Area for a while. We lived in Palo Alto for eight years, then North Carolina for just a short little 18 months. And now we're back to where Kyle and I met and married and we're just living life with four crazy kids. (laughs) I have a few listeners that understand Mm -hmm. that whole idea of residency to residency to the different things and moving around, but you develop really great friendships through those experiences. Right. I think unless you've been through it or something similar, I'm sure pharmacy school is rigorous, but I think unless you've been through it, it's hard to really understand how um, demanding it is for them in their fellowship and residency years. But it really does. I feel it really made our, our relationship closer. So while they were hard years, I look back on them and think they were some of our best years. They're really yeah. Like a lot of growth. We wanted to talk a little bit about your youngest. You'd mentioned his name was Sam. And right. let's, can you just kind of start from the beginning about how you'd had three kids and then you found out you right. were pregnant again? So start there. Yeah. So it was Kyle's first job out of, well, first real job out of a fellowship. And we were living in North Carolina. And had three kids and I just felt like it was like this golden hour of motherhood. I just felt like I was like in my groove. I felt I had my head above water with the kids, you know, they were at good ages and we finally had a real job. We weren't so poor and destitute from student loans and everything. We bought our first house and life was just really magical and great. And I just felt Kyle and I have always kind of felt like four was our magic number of children. And I'm looking at three and I'm like, oh, do we want to? It's just so hard to start all over and brand new in this, you know, across the country from my own family. But I just felt like our family was not complete. It was kind of a lot to swallow being so comfortable in my life. But knowing that the Lord wanted something more for us, and that was another child. And we got pregnant super easily, and I was probably 11 weeks pregnant, went to the doctor, and they have a new blood test that you can find out the gender of the baby. You know, you don't even have to wait to the Mm -hmm. 20-week anatomy scans. And so I was like, oh, this is so cool. You know, like I can find out the gender next week. And so... I just went ahead and did it and I didn't think anything of it. And I am driving to meet Kyle for lunch one day and the phone rings and it's this number I don't know. So I send it to voicemail and it calls me again right after. And I was like, oh, I guess I should answer this. And so I answer the phone and it's my OBGYN and she says, hey, I'm Dr. So-and-so. And I thought, it was weird that the actual doctor would call me just to tell me the gender of my baby. And it's still not really registering. And she said, I know we haven't met, but I wanted to give you the results from your test. And I said, Oh, okay. 
she said, the results came back and your baby has tested positive for trisomy 21 Down syndrome. And I was like, what? And I'm driving at this point. And I just, it was just like, I couldn't really compute the words that she had just spoken to me. They were just so foreign to me that I, I was just in shock. And she said, are you, are you okay? And I said, oh yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I just, and I just like stuttered and then I started crying and then she's like, would you like to know the gender? And I was like, yeah, that's the whole reason I thought you were calling, you know? And she said, it's a little boy. And I said, okay. And I'm just crying and driving at this point. And she just said, you know, you're at a kind of a critical point in your pregnancy. If you'd like to terminate the fetus, she was always referring it to as like a, a fetus at this point, you know, and not a baby, but she's like, if you'd like to terminate the fetus, we can talk about that and we can come in and get it done tomorrow, you know? And I was just like, Oh no, like it's, it was never, that's just never been an option for me. And, and then I was really grateful that she um, just took that at face value. She was just really sweet and gentle after that. So I'm driving aimlessly. I've just been hit with like this ton of bricks and I hang up with her and I call Kyle and I'm just sobbing. And he said, what, what's wrong? And I just said, like all I could blurt out was the baby has down syndrome and he was hit with a ton of bricks, you know, it's just such a, it's just so hard to wrap your mind around, you know, all this time. I just, I guess I knew it was an option. I was 37 when I got pregnant with him. So I guess I knew it was something that could happen. It just never entered my mind. That's how we found out about our little Sam. And it just kind of put us into a little bit of a tailspin after that. How did you kind of work through all of those, those thoughts and those feelings of just a, like a change in trajectory, right? For sure. I went and picked Kyle up and we just sat in our car and cried. And my then two-year-old was just in the backseat going like, what is going on? (laughs) But I just remember it was just, there was life before that two minute call with my OBGYN and then there's life after and the life before, and it's just that life after knowing what I knew, it was just never going to be the same. Kyle was really good about it. You know, he's in the medical profession and before he even went to med school, he worked um, at a school with kids with autism. And so he was around kids with different abilities. And I had never had any exposure really to kids with Down syndrome. So Kyle took it really well. And I did not. (laughs) I went into what I um, feel is like the closest I've ever been to like a mental breakdown. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I, 
I just kind of shut down for a couple weeks. I, my way of coping was to just fall asleep. So I slept for probably two weeks. Kyle worked from home for a couple weeks and um, just managed everything. And I just retreated to my bed and it was just really hard. And I think my um, grieving lasted the whole pregnancy. I was just really sad the whole the whole nine months. It was just, um, you know, it just changes your life so dramatically. You go from like, what are we going to do when we retire? And it's, it just changes everything. We just had to restructure how we thought about everything. Like, okay, like who is going to take care of this child in the long term? you know, after we pass away and we set up, um, you know, him financially when we're gone and it just changes every aspect of your life. And so it was a lot to process. And I don't know that I processed it really well, but I just did what I needed to do in the moment, I think. You shared a video on social media. I think it was pretty recently, oh, like right. the World Down Syndrome Day or something, where where the husband tells the wife that the baby has Down syndrome, like they they right. find out at the delivery. Uh-huh. Um, for you, like, was it would it have been easier to find out? I mean, I'm just curious. Yeah, I've heard. I've so in speaking with other moms that have found out about how they found out about their baby having Down syndrome and. A lot of them, it's called, you know, mine was a prenatal diagnosis and some are birth diagnoses where they don't find out until the baby's born. And um, it's just, someone said, the way you find out is the way you're supposed to find out. Mm. And I really have thought about that. And that was really true for us. When we found out about Sam, it changed everything for us. Ironically, Kyle was offered a job a week earlier, a week before I found out about Sam. And the job was in Salt Lake, where all of our family was. And I don't know that we would have taken that job in Salt Lake had we not found out about Mm. Sam. But I do feel like since I found out about his diagnosis at 12 weeks, my grief lasted the whole pregnancy until I was able to hold him and then it was just gone. Like a light switch was turned on. My grief was just gone. I feel like people that find out at birth, I feel like maybe their grieving is a little bit shortened because Mm -hmm. you have that baby there that you can love and realize everything's going to be okay still I think however and whenever you receive that news it's just traumatic it's just life-altering news and so I really am grateful that we found out at 12 weeks even though my grief lasted longer and I sat with it longer I think how I found out was how I was supposed to find out. What role did friends play for you in order to help and support you. Like we had talked about those other people who are kind of going through the med school journey with you. What role did they play? 
So it was really interesting because we hadn't been in North Carolina very long, probably six months when we found out about Sam. And so I really didn't have my support group was of these great women who I love dearly were back in California. And so they sent flowers and we would video chat and they sent flowers for World Down Syndrome Day, which I thought was sweet. So they were very supportive, but I really didn't have my group. I had a couple really great friends in North Carolina that, although they didn't know me super well, again, I had only been there six months or so. They just really picked me up and just carried me. I think I'll just always look back on those women as just angels to me. They were just picked me up when I was literally on the floor and saved me. And so I think God really put them in my path. I have a dear friend. She was one of the first people I told in North Carolina. And then I just kind of retreated to my bedroom. And it was my daughter's eighth birthday coming up. And I had nothing planned. And all I had been doing is sleeping and crying. And she just said, hey, I know it's Emerson's birthday next week. And I know you're feeling sad. And let's go to Disney World. And I said, (laughs) okay. And Kyle was just happy to see me out of bed. And so he's like, go do it. And so we just took our girls. It was just what I needed to feel like life would go on again. And I will always be so grateful for her that she saw that it was my daughter's birthday that I hadn't planned anything. And she knows I love Disney. And so she just I think often in these situations, we just don't know how to help anybody. And so we just don't, you know, we just Mm -hmm. don't know how to help. So we just don't. And she just sat with it and thought about what she could do and what we could do together. And it really just kind of brought me out of the deepest of deeps for a while. That got me thinking of a question. What to say if you don't know? what to say, like how to say, so kind of what your friend did. So what to say, if you don't know what to say, I think it's different for every situation, but in my situation, I think what was the most hurtful is when people would give their condolences Mm. when they're like, I'm so sorry. And I had enough that I didn't need someone else coming to me saying, I'm so sorry about your baby. You know, I was sorry which makes me sad now, but you know, I was sorry for the both of us. I didn't need somebody else saying that they were sorry. I appreciated it when people would give their congratulations, you know, when they said, when they would say, I'm so excited for you. We're so excited for your baby. So I think in situations of like a prenatal diagnosis of an abnormality, I think it's just best to show love, but not show condolence. Mm -hmm. And I think it's different, you know, with every situation. But one of the things I've learned through grief and seen other friends of mine that have gone through loss of a husband, loss of close family members, and it's just nothing that an outside person is going to say is going to make the situation better. 
I think oftentimes we try and think of something that we can say that would be really beneficial and helpful. And it's just usually not the case that we're going to say something so profound that they haven't thought of. But what is beneficial is just for you to sit with them in their time of grief. Brene Brown talks about like grief being like this hole and you see your friend down in the hole and you want to help her out and you want to give her something that she can latch on to to get her out. And so you try and think of these things. And again, usually you're not going to be able to bring them out of their grief. Like nothing anybody said to me was going to change the situation. But she says, true friends just crawl in that hole with you. And they just sit with you in your time of grief. And I that's what I found most comforting is people that showed up and sat with me. They dropped things off at my doorstep. I had a friend drop off books about kids with Down syndrome, which was helpful. I felt like if I could learn everything I could learn and be informed, I felt less scared about it. I had a friend drop off a baby blanket and this sweet little bear that I still have on Sam's nightstand. And it was the first gift that I had that really like celebrated Sam and my pregnancy. And so I think that's important to show up in ways that feel natural. If they have a prenatal diagnosis, just do what you would naturally do and drop Mm -hmm. off a baby gift you know, a onesie or a blanket and just say, we're so excited. You know, even if I couldn't feel excited, just to know that other people were excited. I think just sit with them in their time of grief and try and act as happy as you can for them, if that makes sense. You talked a little bit about when you first heard Sam's diagnosis. Can you talk a little bit about the first time you saw Sam after he was born and kind of the difference between those those moments? Right. So this is one of my craziest things because I don't feel like grief is so night and day as it was with me. You know, I was just, especially the night before I gave birth to Sam, I was just really in a dark place. It was just so different with my other three pregnancies and births. There's a level of excitement. I was so excited to meet those babies and to be done with pregnancy. And with Sam, I was just terrified. I the night before we went in for the scheduled induction the next day, I was just beside myself. I was just so, so scared because, um, you know, what had always been like, oh, I have a baby with Down syndrome and, oh, I have six months, though I have four months, I have three months, I have a month, you know, to really wrap my head around this. And then it was just like, tomorrow is the day when life really changes, you know, Mm -hmm. before it was like, oh, it'll change in this way and this way. But it was just, I don't think my mind could really process it. And so the night before when I could no longer kind of push it away, it was just staring at me in the face. I was just terrified. And it's such a weird feeling to be terrified to meet your child, you know, but I was just beside myself and grief. And I feel like I was sad the whole nine months, but I feel like I had kind of pushed it back to the back of my mind. And, and it, and then suddenly that night, I just could no longer ignore it. And so with my grief, I just found it so ironic, not ironic, but just amazing that 
the minute I, the, the very second they put him on my chest, it was just gone. Like all of the sadness and all of the heartbreak for nine months, just such a long time. It was just gone. It was just over like someone had flipped on a switch and I was happy again and I just felt like I can do this like I got this he's just a baby and yes he comes with extra needs and delays that my other children don't but at the end of the day he's he's just a baby he's like any other baby you know he'll sleep and he'll need diaper changes and he'll walk and he'll talk and those things will look different than my other children, but he's just a baby and he's my baby. And I just feel like he just like mended, mended my heart in a way that I could not have foreseen. I just, it was such darkness before and now it's just it was since that very moment i i have not shed another tear over his diagnosis and i've just been so just happy talking about it brings me back to those those feelings but he has just been since the minute they laid him on my chest he has just been an absolute joy and a light that I just cannot describe. I don't know. It's, he's just a special little guy. So if you could go back to that car ride where you got that phone call, what would you tell yourself? <laughs> you know, I would just tell myself that it was going to be okay. But a lot of people that had had been on my same journey and come out the the tunnel on the other end, they, you know, they would say, you're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Like you're gonna just love this baby boy. And so even listening to people that had had my same experience, I wasn't able to like put a lot of stock in their experience Mm -hmm. and find a lot of comfort in that. So I think I would have told that, that crying couple in the car, you know, like it's going to be okay, but I don't know that I would have believed them, you know, it was just, it's just something that I had to experience and go through for me to like, really, really, truly believe it. What would you say are like the most important things that you've learned through the experience? You know, I think I just find such joy in diversity now, you know, I just find that Sam has brought a level of awareness to us that we weren't able to see before. I think one of the things that came through really clear when I was in my darkest depths of despair is that the Lord would use Sam to give our family, and especially my other three kids, a level of compassion and love for other kids with disability that they couldn't have gained any other way. You know, we always talk about being nice to everybody, but I think now that they have Sam in their life, they are ultra aware of anybody with disabilities or anybody that's being 
left out and they just go to that person and they find that person that needs love because they know that one day Sam will be in school and Sam will be the one who may be left out or bullied. And they, I just feel like it has given them a level of compassion towards others that they would not have been able to receive any other way. I just think unless you've been through it or know somebody who has gone through it, you're just unaware of these struggles that people have. And then by knowing about it, it just opens your eyes to how people struggle and what you can do to make it easier for them and the load that they bear. For sure. What are some of your favorite things about Sam? Favorite just little things that he does or, I mean, I've seen pictures of him and he has just got like the cutest smile and just seems to just exude joy all the time. He's honestly like the best thing that's ever happened to us. Like he's just, and I feel so sad now that I ever shed a single tear of sadness about him because he is just so great. And my other three kids will probably have to go to counseling their whole life because (laughs) I think a thousand times a day I say to him, like, you're my favorite, (laughs) like not the other, (laughs) not the other three, but you like, you're my favorite. But I think he's everybody's favorite, you know, like the kids just fawn over him. And we just think that the sun rises and sets on Sam. Like he is just, there's just something, I mean, I think there's something special about any baby, you know, like they're all just so sweet, but there's just something so special about him. And, you know, he's almost three, but he started walking when he was two and he has very limited words, but he uses signs to get his point across. And so we've been working with physical therapy since he was two weeks old. So the milestones come so much later than a typical child. We have to work so much harder to get him to do these things. All these things I took for granted with my other kids, they just did it. They just developed typically and normally. And But with him, he has to work harder at everything he does from eating to drinking, to crawling, to rolling over, to walking. Everything he does, he has to work so much harder. And he has to have a team of therapists that come to our house and show us how to do this and help him to do this. But when those milestones come, they're just so much sweeter because he has worked so hard for him. And so I see a level of determination in him that is just so, so sweet. Everywhere we go, (laughs) we just have people like stopping and talking to him because he just smiles with his eyes and just like looks at people and smiles and waves and there's just no barriers really. He's just magic. I did an interview with a friend a while back who her daughter is cerebral palsy and ran cross country and things like that. And so we talk a lot about just her grit and determination to be able to do that and everything else that she does. I feel like sometimes those kids who are given struggles that are very apparent to the outside world are also given strength kind of beyond what you would expect in order to help them overcome those things. When you were talking about sign language, it reminded me we used to watch like baby signing time with our kids. Oh yeah. And 
the song in that, the song at the beginning, or maybe at the end, I can't remember, talked about I chose you and you chose me or you chose me and I chose you. Something about that from that perspective of as a parent, uh-huh. you choose your kids and your kids choose you. What role has that kind of played for you in, in this recognizing that, that there's a divine purpose in having Sam in your life and having Sam as he is? Um, I feel like before Sam, I never, ever thought I could have a child with special needs. I just didn't feel like I was cut out for that. In a lot of ways, I still don't feel like I'm cut out for that. But I feel like if the Lord brings you to it, he'll bring you through it. And he has shown me that my capacity is greater than what I thought. And oftentimes we think, oh, I can't do that. Like, you know, who am I to think that I could? tackle this but really with the lord's help i just feel like he has it's been me him and kyle and sam on this journey but but he's been in the details and intricately aware of where i feel insecure and helps me to realize that like sam was always supposed to be a part of our family and there was no mistake in his chromosomes you know he he was very aware of what he was placing before us and what I once thought was such a difficult thing. What I once viewed as just like the end of my life, it's just not that big of a deal. <laughs> and I just feel like the Lord has helped me carry this and process it all. I'll just be forever grateful that he entrusted me with Sam. He's just the best. <laughs> Awesome. I, I've heard that that bit of advice too. If the Lord brings you to it, the Lord brings you through it. And right. I feel like that works retroactively as well. And kind of like you're like, wow, I right. know that I was brought through this by divine help. And be like, okay, right. that, that means that what I was brought through was was part of it. Right, for sure. Like that, you know, that's not that comforting when you're going through it, right? Yeah. Like for someone to say, He'll, you know, the Lord will help you. You know, it's not that comforting when you're in the thick of things. But yeah, like you said, retroactively, you can look back and say, oh, like he really was in those details. Yeah. The last question on the podcast is always the same. The purpose of Pebbles of Light is to celebrate those relationships that have helped to brighten our path and in turn help us light the paths of others. Would you share about one or two people who have placed a pebble of light in your path? Sure. I think I touched on it a little bit before, but it, it was my friend in North Carolina that just celebrated Sam, dropped off a baby gift and celebrated Sam in a way that I uh, wasn't able to at the time. And I really feel like she allowed me to feel joy, like a small shred of joy about this baby that was coming into her lives. And she really just helped me to see like a glimmer of hope and of light there were so many people on the way that but she really stood out in my mind as someone that just let me know that everything was going to be okay in a small and simple way I think awesome thank you for taking time to visit today it was fun to get caught up and loved getting these thoughts about Sam and and the joy that he's brought to your life and Thanks for sharing how you kind of worked through all of that. Is there any particular like groups or resources that you would recommend for people to check out if they are on a similar path? Facebook has been so helpful to me. Just the case is with any diagnosis, they have these 
Facebook groups. I'm a part of one that's specific to Down syndrome, but there's a myriad of other groups out there and they were really helpful. You know, it's overwhelming to be a part of these groups because some of these struggles that people are facing, they're going to come down the road for us when Sam is, you know, 18, 19 or... Yeah. And so I, I really have to um, be cautious as to how deep I delve into these groups, but they have been really beneficial for the issues that our kids face. And it's just like a wealth of knowledge to have all of these parents that have gone through similar things and you, you just kind of put it out there, say, Hey, this is what we're struggling with. And you, you'll immediately get, you know, 20, 30 responses of like, Oh, this worked for our little guy and, or go see this specialist. And so I think in this day and age, it's just so miraculous. I think if Sammy had been born 20 years ago, that, that information is just so much harder to find and you're limited to one book that somebody wrote about it. But now I just have at my fingertips, a group of people that have gone through those things. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate the. I'm grateful for Natalie taking the time to share some of her thoughts and experiences. The cover image for this episode is a picture of Sam. So be sure to check it out and just see the joy and the light that he shines. The pebble for this week is to check out one of the following organizations to learn a little bit more about Down syndrome, either the National Down Syndrome Society or the National Down Syndrome Congress. I actually learned quite a bit kind of perusing their websites. Hey, I just need to interject really quick and mention a few more references. If you remember back to episode one, I talked about one of my personal pebbles of light being a good friend called Carly, who reached out at just the perfect time of need. And she actually has a little boy with Down syndrome. So I'd reached out to her to ask her what resources and references she would recommend. And she just sent me a great list and shared how these groups had helped support her. So I just want to put a little plug for those groups as well and talk about how they helped her. So the first one that she mentions is the Down Syndrome Diagnosis Network. And she said that they have awesome online support groups that she uses daily. And she's even in groups specifically for children with congenital heart defects, another one for babies born between July and December of 2021, which is when her little guy was born. And they have a ton of really specific groups to help meet parents' needs for both moms and dads. And they've also sent like welcome gifts and gift cards to help around the heart surgery that her son has had. There's another one called Jack's Basket, which is based in Minnesota, but serves families worldwide. And she said that they met her at the hospital after their at-birth diagnosis with their son with a welcome baby basket filled to the brim with toys, clothes, books, blankets, educational materials, etc. And they are doing an incredible job celebrating babies and changing the narrative of how parents receive their baby's diagnosis. And another one that she mentioned is the Down Syndrome Association of Minnesota. And she's in Minnesota, so... I'm not sure if that one is available everywhere, but I wanted to mention them as well. And she said they offer a lot of different programs based on different age groups. And um, they have webinars and conferences and education to help with all areas and across the lifespan of your child. And there's another one that's called Zion's Army, which was made by a family in memory of their son. And they celebrate babies on their first birthday by sending gift boxes of therapy and learning toys. And then the last one is... We think it's called Zoe's Toolbox, and it sends therapy materials for OT, PT, speech, all for free. Um, So I'll put links for all of those in the full show notes, so be sure to check those out.
There will be new episodes, but I'm just not quite sure on the timeline yet. Things are a little bit crazy, but keep an eye out and I'll be sure to post it on Facebook and Instagram at the handle Pebbles of Light. Until then, keep looking for the bright spots on your path and I'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in today. More than what has been said, I hope that you've been able to listen to your thoughts and feelings. Maybe you've thought of someone who's brought light to your path. Let them know of your gratitude. Maybe you've been inspired as to how to add some light to your own path or the path of another. Do your best to act on those feelings and impressions. I would love to learn more about you and your experiences. Please come find me on Instagram and Facebook at Pebbles of Light. If you like what you hear, please review so we can spread this light further. You can find show notes and more resources at ammaxon.com. Until next time.